Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a breakdown I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man What's up, freebies? It's Rhea Butcher host of this show three swings welcome back thanks for sticking with me with this crazy schedule and trying to get everything back to normal it probably won't ever get back to normal but what are you gonna do you understand i hope everyone had a uh, good holiday it's weird to say good holiday over the memorial day weekend i feel a little complicated well i'm very complicated conflicted i would say about wishing anybody a happy memorial day it is a little weird that we celebrate this holiday with like happiness i mean i'm glad everybody gets a long weekend to recharge go into the summer feeling good and everything but um personally and in regards to baseball it's a little strange to me that this isn't a somber weekend given the fact that uh we are memorializing those who lost their lives in military service to this country. I had a family member who did, who was killed in action. And uh, because of that, he never had any kids and I didn't have those cousins. And because we live in a patriarchal society, my grandmother's family name went away. Um, so, when I think about things like that, it's kind of hard to say happy Memorial Day. And I mean, I also am, you know, conflicted about military service being, you know, the only option for a lot of poor folks to raise themselves up. Everyone that I know personally from my, you know, childhood or growing up, that is the reason they entered military service. Uh, I'm sure it was, you know, additional reasons, but that was also a reason. And I wish that there were just more options. I mean, there are more options, but I wish there were more options. You know what I mean? And that doesn't mean that I disrespect service, but it does mean that I wish we did more than just line the pockets of CEOs who run weapons manufacturing companies. At some point, don't we have to stop valuing jobs over everything? 
Anyway, I'm not political at all. <laughs> um, so baseball, back to baseball. Memorial Day is like this big day in baseball. I'm actually recording this on Memorial Day, so that might be why I'm talking about this the most. They wear these militaristic uniforms, and then all the money they make today goes to um, a fund for grieving fam families of service members who have been killed in combat, or not or, killed in combat. And, I mean, obviously want to support those people, but the... I, I wouldn't even say encroaching because it's just ever present. The amount of money that the Department of Defense has been giving to Major League Baseball to promote um, the military just in general has been staggering and just something to consider, especially given the new NFL rules against protest. Um, I know this is, again, a baseball podcast and there's only been one instance of someone protesting in baseball and I'm pretty sure that guy went away I think because he was in an altercation outside of baseball but it didn't probably help that he was already a, a quote kneeling guy but the NFL oh yeah uh Bruce Maxwell who played for the Oakland A's last season uh, knelt during the national anthem. He was also uh, refused table service afterwards uh, by a server who says, I voted for Trump and I stand for everything he stands for to the uh, catcher. He was arrested on a gun charge. And of course, the only place I could find that was on Fox News. <laughs> they love to report on things that are convenient for them. Um, the NFL anthem rules are some bullshit crazy that uh sorry not crazy i wish they cared as much about domestic violence and uh concussions killing their players as they do about protest i mean i think it's pretty easy to know what my belief system is on protesting the anthem um it's it's pretty simple it, or not protesting the anthem sorry protesting during the anthem. I mean, the reason that we even have the anthem the way that we do is, again, because of Department of Defense spending and players used to stay in the locker room before. It used to not be the thing that it is. There weren't flyovers every single game. But it's all just money moving around and people wanting a show. And, you know, I went to college literally during 9-11 and... If you didn't have a yellow ribbon on your car, people would run you off the road. I mean, we've been doing this for a long time. And the threat of, you know, not being American enough has always been with us. And it's all just based in a fear that we'll be found out that maybe being an American is a little more complicated than everybody likes to think. Anyway, I'll talk about baseball now. <laughs> There's no ads this episode, so I'm just going to blaze on through all my thoughts. I did a totally scientific Twitter poll last week about because I as a as a non-Boston and non-New York fan being raised in uh northeastern Ohio being an Atlanta fan and a Cleveland fan I never had a real love for either of those teams I respect their legacy blah 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 but I definitely 
came to really dislike the Yankees as I got older and felt less so towards the Boston Red Sox. So I wrote a poll on my Twitter to see if this was the case for other people. And I asked, and of course, there is no way for me to make sure that the only people that responded to this poll are these people. But I said, non-Boston and non-New York fans, if you had to choose a team, which team would you choose to root for? And the choices were the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. I then followed that up with another poll, which is, given the current lineups and how exciting they are, which team do you prefer to root for? Boston Red Sox or New York Yankees? The winner of both polls, which I believed would be the case, is the Boston Red Sox. Sorry, Yankee fans. People just can't get over that hump. I mean, they're both very exciting. I just think the New York Yankees are still the New York Yankees. 27 rings? Don't, like, dislike. I also just generally kind of like Mookie Betts a lot more than everybody else. (laughs) I mean... I'm not like some big Red Sox fan or anything, but they're exciting to watch. So those were the winners of that poll. I also forgot to mention this from last week. Two weeks ago, I talked about Sean Doolittle. He is back on my Twitter feed again because there's a, a wonderful piece about him and his wife, Erin Dolan, which they, who they don't mention by name. Can I just, if you are a journalist and you're listening to this podcast, you're already doing it. But let me just say, If you are a journalist and you're listening to this podcast and you're writing about someone who is married to another person and you have enough time in your breath or your finger typing to say, and his wife, you have enough time to say her name. Just do that. Just say the person's name. It's not that hard. Let's just practice always mentioning a partner's name. It's very easy, very simple. It doesn't take a lot of time. But I also wanted to shout out um, at Queer Fancy Stats, who on Twitter, they are pledging money to the LGBTQ community organizations based on Daniel Murphy's stats since October 2015. Tweets by at Jen Rubenstein. Shout out to them for donating money based on a player's stats. Now, I realize that I've talked about Daniel Murphy on here a bunch, but I maybe haven't given the background on that dude. He plays second base now for the Washington Nationals. He previously played second base for the New York Mets. When he was playing for the New York Mets, he was having a career season, just hitting everything. I also found out that the reason why he was hitting so well was he was doing um, Barry Bonds' batting practice that Barry Bonds, when he was at his peak, was doing. What they would do is take golf balls. So imagine the size of a golf ball, very small. And they would write numbers one through 10 on them. And whoever was throwing batting practice to Daniel Murphy would say even or odd. And so Daniel Murphy would track the number on the golf ball. And if it was an even number, he would hit it. That's crazy. (laughs) Sorry, not crazy. That's bonkers. That's some hitting right there. Now, I say all this about a dude who openly and regularly during the 2015 season talked a lot about how he disagreed with and or disliked the gay lifestyle because of the Bible. He was saying this mostly in opposition to the MLB's move to hire a diversity person by the name of Billy Bean, who's the first out 
former MLB player. He did not come out while he was playing, but he has since come out uh, in retirement and has been very active in the MLB community. He was at the Trailblazer series when I went uh, a year ago and has uh, helped a lot of teams with their LGBT nights all across baseball. But the funny thing is, and it's not funny, but you, you know, Daniel Murphy would say these things unprompted. Like people would not ask him something. They would just be interviewing him and he would talk about it. That's how much it bothered him that uh, LGBT people were getting any amount of attention in his beloved sport. That's what I've found is the case for a lot of people in, in these sort of opposition arguments. And it's very interesting to me to sort of break that down because it's really not always that somebody straight up hates you. It's more that they don't like that you're taking something from them. And you're not. It's just that they feel like something is being taken away because it's being changed or evolving or it's not as pure or difficult to get into. You know, these are the arguments that people use against affirmative action, which, in fact, benefits white women the most. But we talk about this a lot on the Internet. People say this all the time. It feels like losing when someone becomes more equal to you. And I think everybody needs to check themselves in that because I feel that everybody feels that it's human nature. It's also like American culture creeping in that like only the, you know, this meritocracy that only the best get to these levels. And that's just not true. I mean, there's so many the bests all over the country and all over the globe that never get an opportunity to be the best at what they do. It's just not true. A meritocracy doesn't exist. And so Daniel Murphy's like stress about maybe a player being able to be openly gay is so ridiculous. And to use the Bible in one line in the Old Testament is also ridiculous. I think, I, I don't know. I went to Catholic school because my mom thought that was the best way to get me a good education because she went to the schools in the neighborhood that I grew up in because I grew up in the same house that she grew up in. And she didn't want to send me to those schools because she had a bad experience at those schools. And she was trying to get me out of that. I grew up in a neighborhood that people still to this day, if I tell them that's the neighborhood I'm from, they'll have like a guttural reaction to it. And I have no shame. I used to have a lot of shame about it. I had a big chip on my shoulder about the neighborhood I was from, and I used to think I had to turn my nose up at it. But that's the trick. That's the rub. They want you to do that. Anyway, I've gotten, I've gotten very off course here. But my point is, I'm glad that there are people working against the people who get the microphones. I'm glad. I'm also glad that Sean Doolittle is getting attention for his work because he also mentions in this uh, clip that I tweeted on my Twitter. So just go back and scroll through. Sorry I tweet so much, but also I'm not sorry about it. Where he does say, like, you have to meet people where they are. And I do think that's true. It's not a universal statement because, you know, meeting people where they are doesn't always work. Some people are unreachable, unmeetable, if you will. <clears throat> but I do think that we have to choose battles and choose the way we enter into these battles in a way that makes sense. You know, everything is either 
either or, but that's not the way everything works. You know, you, we just, anyway, I, I'm trying to figure out how we get through all of this together. And I think we all have to do a lot of work. We all have blind spots. We all have privileges that we don't see. And the best thing you can do is try to learn about those privileges and learn about those blind spots. I mean, it's like George McFly says in Back to the Future, it never had a blind spot before when I would drive it. I never understood that joke because I watched that movie as a child and I didn't drive. I swear to you, I asked my mom to explain that to me numerous times and I did not get it until I was like 20 years old. <laughs> but that's how these things work. You think it doesn't have a, you don't have a blind spot until you realize you have a blind spot and realizing is half the battle. So on to talk about baseball for a minute. Here are the notes from my bench coach, Brett. The dilemma of players with big contracts and poor performance. The Red Sox, speaking of the Red Sox, just designated Hanley Ramirez for assignment. The Red Sox have seven days to trade him or release him. Either way, they will save $22 million next year. Pretty nuts of them to just drop Hanley Ramirez. I mean, I understand the approach. It makes a lot of sense. They don't really need him. Mitch Moreland has been tearing it up. But everybody's like, he's going to be a 30-30 player. I'm curious where he goes. I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Cleveland picks him up. Just, it would be probably be good to have like four first basemen, right? At this point. All this money stuff is, I think, purposely confusing. And I don't think helps the players really at all at this point. And then in addition to uh, Hanley Ramirez, we've also got Chris Davis, first baseman of the Baltimore Orioles. Paul Goldschmidt, first baseman of the Arizona Diamondbacks. What do you do? Paul Goldschmidt is not hitting the baseball. It's unfortunate and a sad thing to watch. I think he's he had a triple the other day. He's He's not been hitting. People are blaming the humidor, but that doesn't really hold up because other teams come in and crush the baseball. So he's just in his head, I think. The problem is when you can't get a hit and then you just don't hit it just compounds and compounds and compounds and compounds and I think that is the case for Paul Goldschmidt Chris Davis he's always been really strikeout prone and he's having the same kind of a season the Orioles are just like they look like a Jeep Wrangler in fifth gear on an ice skating rink it just sometimes they're tearing it up and sometimes they're just falling apart I don't understand I mean, I do understand they have almost no pitching. Dylan Bundy is a strike thrower, but he also gave up, what, five home runs in one inning or something like that. I mean, it just, it's all over the place. Also, happy anniversary to Jose Canseco getting hit in the head and getting the assist on a home run. <laughs> Can't believe that happened then and now, but one of the greatest moments in baseball, for sure. Sad moment in baseball over the weekend. Uh, Atlanta prospect, not prospect, he's in the lineup now. Ronald Acuna Jr. gets close to blowing out his knee, running to first base. It's a scary look and not great. It looks very similar to Bryce Harper's injury that got him, that kept him out of 42 games last season. Hopefully he's not, it's not as bad. So far it's just an ACL sprain, but they might be saying that to keep everybody chill. I don't know. It looked bad, and I will say that when he blew out, when he twisted his knee like that, it was jumping off the bag, landing to say safe. 
I feel like they really got to tell their dudes to stop doing that. You really got to just run it out and not not do that safe thing back to the umpire like that. It just it twists your body and then you hurt yourself. So please stop doing that in baseball. 20 years ago today, May 20th, 1998, Barry Bonds was walked with the bases loaded. I was playing a baseball game yesterday and we were all talking about this. Somebody was like, didn't somebody walk in a run facing Barry Bonds? And it's true. Is this kind of strategy a relic of the Bonds Sosa McGuire home run heyday or is there any current batter that could earn this response and who would be the current manager most likely to do this? I will take the second part last. I would say that Gabe Kepler, Kepler of the Philadelphia Phillies is probably the manager who'd most likely do this or Buck Showalter of the Baltimore Orioles. And I think the player most likely to get this treatment would probably be Mookie Betts. I think there's a strong case to be for Aaron Judge to also be in there, but those are my two picks for that. The May leaders in OPS are Mike Trout, of course, Mookie Betts, of course, and also Scooter Jeanette. Nobody's talking about Scooter Jeanette, but guess who's got him in both of their fantasy leagues? This person. If Scooter Jeanette is free in your fantasy league, you should pick this person up. He hits, he hits, is the thing. He hits. Mike Trout had a five for five game in New York, a dazzling game. Gotta say, it's up there, one of the greats. Two home runs, or four for four. Two home runs, two doubles. I can't, that's four. So, on that same day, Scooter Jeanette also goes four for four with a solo home run. Is Mike Trout's line flashier? Absolutely. But Scooter Jeanette, also four for four. I don't know if you remember last season, he hit four home runs in one game, one of them being a grand slam. This dude hits, he also rakes. I hate that phrase, but I'm going to use it anyway. Those are the leaders in May. We move on to Jose Altuve's hit streak. Michael Brantley also on a hit streak right now. For Jose Altuve, dry spells can only last so long after the reigning American League Most Valuable Player went hitless in 12 straight plate appearances starting on Wednesday. Altuve collected hits in 10 consecutive at-bats. Bidding for number 11 on Sunday, Altuve was robbed by a slick diving catch by Rajai Davis in left center field to end the top of the ninth during the Astros' 10-9, 14-inning loss to the Cleveland baseball team. Jose Altuve, man. He also just hits the baseball. This is what's missing from a lot of lineups. I will say Chris Taylor recently made some adjustments, hoping that he helps me out this week because I had Acuna. Got to put him on the bench till he hits the DL. I'm hoping Chris Taylor, come on. But Jose Altuve, his approach is hit the baseball, which a lot of guys don't do. A lot of guys want to hit a home run. You got to just hit the baseball. I haven't gotten a hit in two games, so I need to just hit the baseball. That's all I can say about that. Just hit the baseball. Before I was like, get on base. Now I'm like, hit the baseball. That's how you got to do it. That was a stunning game, that 14-inning game, Houston and Cleveland. If you want to watch an exciting pitcher's duel capped off with a, a walk-off home run by none other than Greg Allen, give that one a look. Also, I just want to mention to MLB Network, because I know they listen to this, but uh, watching Quick Pitch and the wrap-ups, there was a, a, a Cleveland Cubs rematch, and they kept 
playing the World Series package over and over and over again just to talk about the fact that Rajai Davis robbed a home run. I don't need to relive that just to watch Rajai Davis make a great play in Wrigley Field. I don't need to relive it. So please, MLB Network, stop it. Also, shout out to Jessica Mendoza for wearing her glove in right field uh, on Sunday at, in Wrigley Field. They're doing three games on ESPN uh, from the bleachers, from the seats. And Sunday night's game was in Wrigley Field, which whatever. But also, pretty cool. I think it's a great idea. Uh, tune into those games. And also, Kershaw returns this Thursday. The Dodgers are only three and a half games back in the NL West. And what's the likelihood they win the division? And who are their MVPs right now? Brett also wants you to know, sorry for the Dodgers heavy stuff, but it's a big thing, Kershaw coming back. Um, Their MVPs right now are Matt Kemp, who's also the opposite of those first basemen I mentioned in the top of the segment. He's got a late career resurgence. He's hitting something like 347. Their MVPs right now are Walker Bueller and Ross Stripling on the pitching side with an honorable, honorable, honorable mention to Kenta Maeda and Max Muncy on the offensive side. Like I said, Chris Taylor's been making some adjustments. We'll see how long that lasts. But Max Muncy is staying in the lineup. Justin Turner's back up. He's playing first base. Cody Bellinger's in center field. So we'll see how their defense holds up. That's my biggest issue for the Dodgers moving forward. How do they have solid defense? We'll see. Kershaw's back. I'm curious how he performs. He's had a lot of injury lately, so we'll see. All right, now I'm going to move on to Rosenbag, and then this is going to be the episode. Let me start out with my uh, fantasy picks. I slept too long on Daniel Medgin. Medgin? I really like that dude. I've liked him since last year. I feel like I have had too many good pitchers. I just couldn't grab him. I have uh, St. Louis's starting pitcher, Riaz, and I feel like I'm just hanging all my hopes on that guy. Pick him up if you haven't already for next week. So, on to the rosin bag. Sandra Coleman. I don't have a question for rosin bag, but I'm hoping for some talk about the Brewers' hot bats on the next Three Swings pod. Guess what? Jesus Aguilar has been hitting a lot of home runs. Also, Santana. Raking. Travis Shaw getting back into it. Enjoying Christian Yelich playing for the Brewers. So congrats to the Brewers for their hot bats. Keep it going. Take advantage. The Cubs are back and forth. Their U Darvish sickness is, I think, a major problem for them. He maybe wasn't worth the six years, millions of dollars that they spent on him because Tyler Chatwood is a bit back and forth. Anyway, I'm not really talking about the Brewers, but hey, congrats on um, Hater, Possible Cy Young contender? I'd love to see a closer get a Cy Young. Hasn't happened in a while, but... All right, from Casey Sunshine, can you recommend more books like Baseball Life Advice or any really good baseball books written by women or by men of color? It's just a sea of straight white dudes out there. Thank you. Um, I've already talked about Jackie Robinson's uh, autobiography. I never had it made. Definitely read that book. It is very much worth your time if you're a baseball fan. I would also recommend The All-American Girls After the AAG PBL, How Playing Pro Ball Shaped Their Lives by Kat D. Williams. It takes a very sort of academic approach, 
but I love it. I would also recommend Foul Ball, Five Years in the American League by Allison Gordon, a baseball writer, tells all. And then I've also got Making My Pitch, A Woman's Baseball Odyssey by Isla Jane Borders. Then I'll follow that one up with Stolen Bases, Why American Girls Don't Play Baseball. Here's some more. When Women Played Hardball by Susan E. Johnson and Curveball, The Remarkable Story of Tony Stone by Martha Ackman. So I feel like that's a good summer reading list. That'll get you through. Definitely. All right. And our last question for Rosenbag is from Ian Weed. Weedy, what do you think about people saying MVP caliber players on consistently losing teams are wasting their potential? Example, Joey Votto on the Reds. Well, I think it's pretty rude because, as you know, I'm a huge LeBron James fan. And the same could be said about that guy. The same is said about that guy. They really love to poop on his players. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, I, in the MJ versus LeBron debate that people are continually having every minute of every day, I like to say he ha- he's, he's never had a Scottie Pippen. He's had a Kyrie Irving, but he's never had a Scottie Pippen. That's not to say he doesn't have good players around him. He just doesn't have the same level of players that Michael Jordan did. So it's a weird comparison. Second, it doesn't take anything away from Michael Jordan to say that LeBron James is one of the greatest players of all time. It means he's one of the greatest players of all time. It's weird to compare the two to me because it keeps exceptionalism at bay and it keeps all these things at bay. It, 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 it keeps this whole narrative that if you're just good enough, people will agree with you. They won't because everyone wants to keep everybody down and not everybody, but some people. We could just be stoked that we get to watch two of the greatest men's basketball players of all times, careers, almost directly back to back. I mean, how tremendous is that? It's crazy. It's bonkers. Sorry, I keep saying crazy and I apologize. But to speak to the baseball side of it, I mean, I don't know. Is that is it a waste of a career to have a good career? Just because you don't win a World Series, just because you don't whatever, your career is irrelevant? I don't think so. I mean, I do think that, you know, I I think that Michael Jordan's six championships are almost as unreproducible as Cal Ripken Jr. and Lou Gehrig's, uh, you know, 2038 game streak. It's almost impossible. The way major professional sports are now it's impossible that setup so i feel like you find a home you have a good career joey Votto seems to be i don't know happy in cincinnati i'm not sure how <laughs> but I, you know the same could be said about mike trout and now they have shohei otani it's like shohei otani sorry I, I don't know i mean are are these careers are, is jeff bagwell's career wasted because he played for the astros and they never won a world series no How many players are in Cooperstown who never won a World Series, who also never went to a World Series? Then I don't think it's a waste of time. I think that when you do that, you diminish, you you definitely diminish careers and you definitely diminish opportunities and you definitely diminish abilities and talent. And I just, maybe I'm getting older, I don't know. But that's not the way that I look at the world. I look at what you do. Single players do not win championships. Teams win championships. And so 
You cannot conflate those two things. Best player on the Reds, there you go. That's it. Like, I just don't, you cannot compare an MVP career to World Series wins because it just doesn't work like that. (laughs) It just, it shouldn't work like that. And the fact that people are able to do that is bad. So let's all work together and try to stop this kind of thinking because I feel like it's the same kind of thinking that keeps the advancement of people who have not had opportunities from actually advancing. Because if you're never good enough, you're never good enough. And the goalposts keep moving. And I think we need to just plant the goalposts in degree and work towards goodness and positivity. So I'm going to end on that note. Goodness and positivity. (laughs) I have a uh, pickup game today. I'm going to try to go into it with goodness and positivity. Just try to put the bat on the ball. Have a little fun because I was definitely mad at myself during this game. I had two errors and zero hits. So I would love to just have some fun. I hope that's what everybody can do this week. Get out there, have some fun. I am going to be traveling and uh, in and out. So I'm going to be trying to follow some baseball this week, but we'll see. Follow me on Instagram because I'm going to go see a cool thing this week too. So check that out. Um, And if you're a fan of the podcast, I ask you this one thing. And also, I'm going to ask a bigger ask this week. If you're a fan of this podcast and you're a fan of me, tell somebody to follow me. I would like to gain a bigger following on Twitter. And I am not too proud to ask. And I would uh, try to convince you all, if there's a thing, something you want to do, I would recommend asking. Don't use the phrase, can I pick your brain, though? People hate that. (laughs) Don't do that. But I think that we so often are told that you shouldn't, you know, ask for things. And if you're, again, talented enough, you'll be given the opportunities. But for LGBTQ folks, for uh, women, for people of color, for women of color, for, you know, differently abled people, for uh, every type of person who is not, quote, the normal person. Um, That's just not true. And we are so quiet sometimes, I think, because we buy into this belief system that if we're if we're just talented enough, if we're undeniable, if we do follow all the right steps, we will get the things that we are striving for. But eh, that tends to not be the case. So this week, go outside of your comfort zone And ask for something that you need. And I am asking this week to have some people follow me and also tell people about the podcast. If you like it, just tell one person. I think you should also follow Tyler Mahan Co. He's a good dude who makes a good podcast. So listen to that podcast. Follow that guy. Suggest my podcast. Follow this guy. If you already listened to Three Swings, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. That really helps us out a lot or on whatever Stitcher or Spotify that you use to listen to it. Um, follow me at Rhea Butcher and follow at Three Swings Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, also, because there's no ad space this week, I will mention this. I do have an Ebbets promo code right now. It's Butcher10. You'll get 10% off your Ebbets order. Ebbets makes flannels and t-shirts and sweatshirts and baseball hats, all throwback versions of some really amazing gear. So please use that if you're going to 
purchase anything. Awesome. This is the episode for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.